Welcome to another episode of SME Funding. My name is Lynette Nduli, the Chief Executive Officer of Innate Investment Solutions. And as usual, I'm joined by my charming co-host, Kumaran Pareachi, who is also the CEO of Spartan. Today we're talking about perspectives on angel investments on the rest of the African continent. And we have a guest in studio with us, Letitia Brown, who heads what I'm told is Ghana's first and only angel investor network. Letitia, welcome to the show and welcome to South Africa, of course. Thank you and um, good morning and thank you for having me. All right. Letitia, tell us a bit about what motivated you to come back from the United Kingdom, where you spent many years at work, to then go home to Ghana and start this particular platform. Okay. Um, I've always had a love for Ghana. Um, living in the UK, I used to visit once a year, every Christmas and sometimes at Easter. And I just felt that it felt homely, you know, that's where I was supposed to be. Um, I, at that time, I didn't really know that I was going to, you know, make the transition in terms of moving back fully, but I felt that there was definitely a connection there. Um, working in the UK, working on government-related projects around entrepreneurship, employment for young people, people that have been through, you know, challenges in their lives and um, people that have maybe been out of the workplace for a very long time, I felt that I could replicate that model in Ghana. Um, so I came back, I had a bit of a soft landing, I got a job with a consulting firm and whilst looking for other opportunities, I didn't know how I was going to start on this entrepreneurial journey. Mm -hmm. And at that particular time, the landscape was still relatively new mm -hmm. in terms of an entrepreneurial ecosystem, the startup ecosystem. And um, it was actually a launch of GAIN. So I didn't, I'm not the founder of GAIN, um, but the, the launch of GAIN kind of just, a light bulb just went on. You know, I went to the launch um, and I was like, this is what I want to do. You know, I want to support this initiative. I want to, I want to get involved. I want to see how I can make um, an impact in this space. Um, and what are the needs um, in Ghana around financing, first and foremost, for small businesses in particular? And what has the traction been of angel investment? Okay, I mean, the needs, I think, are replicated across the continent and probably across the globe. It's very, very difficult for very early stage businesses. Um, I mean, if you look at angel investing as, as a concept, as an asset class, it, essentially, angels come in at a point of validation. We really want to be able to validate this business model. Banks are a little bit scared of that um, particular phase. You know, there's no certainty that this business idea is actually even going to get off the ground. Um, so there's a necessity, I think, across the world for, for uh, angel investors and for early stage funding. I think that um, in an economy such as Ghana, it's definitely been challenging. It will continue to be challenging because the infrastructure is not necessarily there to support what it is that we are trying to do. I think you're very fortunate here in South Africa to have more developed markets. Um, that yes, but you guys have uh, innovated with this platform, right? And though we're talking about angel investing in Ghana, the substance angel, angel investing, like you said, it's a worldwide thing. Yes, It's of particular re relevance here in South Africa. Yeah. And I think there's lessons to be uh, learned from us, mm -hmm. for, 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 from you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from okay. this. What types of businesses are more predisposed to angel uh, investing in your, in your mind? I think that investors tend to invest in things that they understand. So if we look at the demographics of an angel investment network in Ghana, per se, we have um, a lot of very traditional investors, people that have invested in very stable um, 
products like real estate or even, you know, treasury bills, etc. Uh, or people that are invested in their own specific, specific space, so maybe agriculture oh. or financial services. Um, so our investment network at the moment is predominantly made up of people that are coming from those kind of sectors. And those are the kind of opportunities that they like to see, education, healthcare. However, we have this tech boom in, in Ghana at the moment, and we have a lot of entrepreneurs coming out with really great and innovative ideas in the technology space. However, the, the investors are a little bit disconnected. They don't yeah. understand. One investor even said to me that, well, if the business goes bankrupt tomorrow, what do I sell? If it's an app, what, how do I recoup some of my investment? You know, so there's that gap now, right now. Now that you're going into some of the problems, let's open up that door. Oh, okay. okay so, I didn't mean to go down that road. No, no, we must. We, we want to talk about the good, the bad, and ugly. Yeah. We want to show only the rosy stuff. Uh, so what are some of the, the challenges that are happening in this angel investing space. Again, yeah. it's not exclusive, the challenges to Ghana, right? It's irrelevant to angel mm -hmm. investing here right, in South yeah. What are some of the challenges you think that will be relevant for us to know? Um, I think there's a, there's a bit of a disconnect, um, like what I was referring to earlier in terms of the investor profiles. Um, we're talking about people that have the disposable income to be able to invest in this particular asset class tend to be more traditional. Mm. However, there's a new wave of entrepreneurs that want to do things very, very differently. And investors want to understand um, what they're investing in. It's almost like you understand the real estate space, the net. So, you know, if somebody comes to you and says, OK, I have an opportunity in, in, in healthcare, and this is what I want to do. And at that time, it sounds like jargon. You you know, you're like, mm, is she is she trying to, you know, spin, spin me a line here? Or is this a real business opportunity? Mm. So number one, there's definitely a disconnect between investors and entrepreneurs. Um, number two, in Ghana in particular, I don't know if it's a challenge here because I go around and you have street names and you have, you know, organized roads and, and everything else. But infrastructure in Ghana is a major challenge. So when an entrepreneur comes through your door and they have to draw you a map as to where they live, as opposed to being able to give you an address, mm -hmm. that's that's also a bit of a challenge. Um, we have challenges in entrepreneurial education. Our education system does not teach people to think innovatively, to think entrepreneurially, to mm. think outside of the box. So a lot of times you're meeting entrepreneurs that don't really have the substance, unfortunately, to be able to execute business ideas. And mm. therefore it takes a mm. much longer um, period of time for us to be able to prepare them to pitch to, to investors. Mm. And I think that's, again, a universal issue. Um, it's not just about the invest on the investment side, but it's mm -hmm. also very much mirrored in the sense around skills and also the articulation of exactly. business concepts. Yeah. So what's really interesting for me is that GAME is a platform um, where you really, that you've created a space, particularly for high net worth individuals yeah. and I suppose entities or smaller entities that didn't have the opportunity to play and participate in this yeah. enterprise development space. Yeah. And are you seeing um, that particular space and an interest um, from these high net worth individuals and enterprises to play more of a supportive role post-investment and not necessarily just put their money on the table, yeah. but also now begin to say, well, if there are no skills and if the education system is not producing a certain type of person who's thinking in a certain way, how do they now play a role as businesses and business people to change that narrative? Yeah, I think post-investment support is really imperative to success. Um, I think our angels are still learning how to do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot of the time um, we have high expectations, you know, that they're mm -hmm. going to be able to open up doors, they're going to set up meetings, they're going to be there to coach them and to guide them. And I think sometimes it, it, this, this conversation gets a little bit lost in translation. For me, it really is it's a deal breaker. Mm -hmm. They need to get their hands dirty as well. Um, 
Unfortunately, we're talking about very busy people that have a lot of commitments in other areas of business. Um, some of them may even be, you know, managing directors of a, a bank or, or so forth that have very limited time and very limited schedules. So it's about, I guess, reporting. And that's where I come in and, and, and play a role. And I try to um, collate information from our investee companies, present that to um, investors and find specific opportunities um, mm -hmm. for them to support with. Uh, because otherwise, I think it can just get a little bit a little bit muddy. And it's, it's difficult for the investors to know where to come in, what to say, um, and, and, and when to support. And it's difficult for the entrepreneurs who are kind of like looking up to this, you know, very senior level person and saying that I, I need your help. They're, they're also afraid to, to reach out and ask for advice at times. So that's mm. a very important role that we play. All right. Well, after the break, I would love for us to explore the space around mentorship and support a little bit further. And I'm sure Kamara has plenty of questions around that in the angel investment community. We'll be right back. Welcome back to SME Funding. Just before the break, we were speaking to Letitia Brown a bit about the issues that surround post-investment support as well as mentorship for entrepreneurs who are invested in the angel investment community. So Letitia, can you give us a sense and a picture around who is in your community and your network now and what you aspire to, to, to grow um, in, from a business perspective? Okay, so I think uh, essentially the first thing is scalability. We have mm. to look for businesses that can scale relatively quickly. Mm. Um, our angel investors would predominantly want to be, you know, exiting at maybe year three to year five. I mean, that's very hopeful, considering we, we operate in a very volatile market here in Africa. Um, however, I think that that's a really important factor. So when we're looking at a business opportunity, we're looking for scale. How do we get this business from, you know, not to 100 relatively quickly? Um, <clears throat> And I think also that there's um, great opportunities for investors in very traditional um, investment opportunities like treasury bills. So we're always looking for businesses that have the ability to bring that return on investment really quickly to get the level of interest from, from our investors. So would you typically then in your angel investment network mm -hmm. still be looking at businesses per se in the financial services market? Um, I'm just thinking of things that quickly scale. So I would imagine um, businesses in retail and some fast-moving consumer exactly. good, for instance, or a service market that is um, attractive to your consumers. Is that who you are specifically targeting? Yes. Um, however, when we look at retail, we mm. don't invest in businesses that are buying to sell. Yeah. We don't um, feel that that has enough impact on our economy. We want to invest in innovation. We want to invest in job-creating opportunities. I want to interject here because I want to be mindful of what we're saying to the audience, that your preferences for what you're doing at GAIN, mm -hmm. which is this platform for angel investing in Ghana, is not necessarily uh, fully applicable. There's different models or different preferences for angel investing around the world. Yeah. So we're talking about scale, but my, my sense is that venture capital companies mm -hmm. and private equity type of investments look to back businesses that are um, that are that have a prospect for scale yeah whereas angel investing uh, in my experience i haven't seen that as a big thing that we need to have businesses that scale mm. um so let's let's talk about that a bit more you know I think, I mean, we're still in very early stages of building an angel network. And to get people to listen and to get people to get involved, they have to see a business opportunity. Yes. So I think like there's two things. Of, but what type of people? I mean, 
I definitely feel like we're moving towards trying to change the demographics of our network. We want more, maybe a younger, slightly younger demographic, um, maybe somebody that's a little bit more um, familiar with the concepts of angel investing. But you also need to understand that if I could put $100,000 um, into a, a treasury bill and be able to secure maybe 20 to 22% per annum on that investment, yeah. why take a risk on a very early stage business? That's the kind of reality, that's the conversation that disagree. we're having. I, I, I have a different view. Okay. So let me share my thoughts. Would you like to join my network? <laughs> yeah, sure. sure. But let me just tell you my sense on this angel mm -hmm. investing thing. Uh, first of all, for the audience, it's not a formalized category, yes. a class, class of funding. Mm -hmm. It almost ex exists in the corridors and in the passageways and in the jungle, right? Whereas we all know about venture capital uh, class, we know about private equity, we yeah. know about banks. We know about these traditional formalized yeah. uh, uh, sources of funding. But angel investing, it's something very, you know, in the air with wings, right? Very intangible. They're not and really that angelic, though. They really are This is the challenge. It's not something that is formalized, institutionalized. Yeah. So it's harder to get traction for both audiences. Which are the audiences? The entrepreneur yeah. and the person investing. Yes. So, you know, if I, if, I, if I look at it, the, what type of person would want to be an angel investor? My sense is it's, it's someone that wants to earn a little bit of extra money uh, in return, right, mm -hmm. compared to putting it in, in the normal bank account and earning the normal interest rate. interest rate. But also, they want to feel there's, a, there's an intangible gain that they have from it. You know, it's like yeah. uh, the kind of vicarious living dangerously through the entrepreneur that they're backing. Yeah. It's, they buy into that story and they have something to say at the dinner table, I've involved in that business and I've backed that. And so that, that increases their likelihood that they're likely to take on more risk. Yeah. This is not, annual investors are not looking for safe, scalable, kind of stuff. No. They should go into all the other areas. Yeah, there, there definitely isn't safety in what we do, although we're talking about scale. Um, but I think that that's maybe the life cycle of an angel investor, what you're referring to. Maybe when they've been doing this for like five to 10 years, they get into that zone where it's like, oh yeah, I back this. You know, I, I could see that this was going to be a winner. But at this stage where we are right now, they're like, yeah, I want to give you my money, but I need to be a little bit certain that this is going somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's the more mature you become as an angel investor, the easier it is for you to make um, investments in that way yeah. and look at the intangible as opposed to the, the tangible. Yeah. But I think where, where we sit and what I've, I think has been replicated across um, Africa, because um, yeah. I'm, I'm a part of ABAN, yeah. African Business Angel um, Network. And it's similar stories that are coming out. Although people are willing to get involved, mm. they're also a little bit scared. Yeah. Um, you know, so you know, how do we change then? You know, the, the 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 story around angel investments. It's very hard to make it a tangible concept because everybody has a different definition of everything from risk to the role they play. And um, it's also quite an interesting space because it's a non-traditional form of funding and finance, and it's not familiar to both the entrepreneur, but also the investor themselves. Um, what could we do? that better entrenches this form of funding into all of our markets around the continent. Because like, like I certainly see yeah. a huge Education. amount of people Education and awareness. It's, 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 yeah. support it. It's education, like what we're doing now. Yeah. I think more of that education. And there's, uh, Lynette, there's, for my sense, there's two ways in which to enter this angel investing game, mm. right? The traditional way, and, and I'd like to use the analogy of dating, 
Okay. Right? So you have the traditional Quartet. romantic and you have the guys <laughs> that are, and girls are busy that want to say, okay, I'll go for the matchmaking uh, uh, service or the online dating service uh-huh. or the Tinder. <laughs> yes. That's what your platform is, right? It's like a <laughs> it's Tinder, Tinder or matchmaking yeah, dating service for that. And, 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 uh, and so there's a bit of skepticism there mm. versus the traditionalists, the romantics that try to, well, I met her serendipitously at a, at a concert or whatever and mm-hmm. we bumped and she spilled my drink. And then, and, and, and that's where the credibility comes in because you've got that, uh, you've met them through some network. So there's but, this informal, and the formal. Yeah. I think you will always get people trying to approach it in those two different ways. I agree. Based yeah. on their but there's a huge benefit to the to the formal side. And it's not just because that's the way that we're we're doing it. But I think that the what I'm trying to do is to break down those barriers of you have to be in the right place at the right time with the right people to be able to meet an uh-huh. angel investor. So using a platform like ours or an organization like ours allows everybody to get access to these high net worth individuals. If your idea is credible enough, mm. you don't need to, to, to come from the, the right background or to have gone to the right school or to have been invited to this specific event where you can meet these very high net worth individuals. So we're opening up the doors to everybody. Um, and I think ABAN as well, you know, this African Business Angel Net um, Association is a great way of us kind of sharing um, best practice across the continent, supporting each other as we're trying to build and develop these networks mm. and um, provide some kind of guidelines for angel investors. Um, so I think that awareness is is, is so um, important in the growth and development of, of angel networks. All right. Well, when we come back from the break, one of the things that I'd also really like to explore a little bit further with the both of you is what is the opportunity for us to see more and more of these type of transactions and platforms across borders in Africa? I think we all talk about inter-regional trade, what regional integration looks like. But here's a real opportunity for SMEs for all of, and for all of us. We'll be right back. We're back again on SME funding. And just before the break, <coughs> we were talking about the opportunities related to access around the angel investments and specifically how best we can share practices that can be replicated across borders. Is there an opportunity for a South African entrepreneur such as myself to get in touch with you in Ghana with a product that I perhaps want to import into your market, Letitia, but I need to come in with capital that's perhaps resident in the market that I want to come. Can I come to you and say, Letitia, here's the idea. I'd like to replicate it in this market. Are you able to fund me? Yes. Um, as I think you're referring to what would then be a Ghanaian-based business. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the challenge comes in with um, angel investing across borders. Oh. When what we spoke about earlier, you know, the need for post-investment support. Mm. If I'm investing in a South African entrepreneur, how do I provide that support? I'm not close enough to really be able to see what's happening on the ground. Um, but if you're a mm. South African entrepreneur trying to enter into, into Ghana or into Nigeria or Cote d'Ivoire or wherever the case may be, then I think that's a really exciting opportunity. Yeah, honey, and I would the, love to facilitate those kind of transactions. Use the dating analogy again. <laughs> it's like long, de- long, long distance, distance relationships. I want to be able to touch and feel and talk. Mm. And, yeah. and I think this is such an exciting opportunity for SMEs who 
often in, in, in all of our individual um, countries across the continent believe that that one country is their sole market. Mm. And here we are with 53 potential markets. But again, if you come in through an angel investment network and you're immediately connected with players in that business community, that economic community, geez, I think it breaks down perhaps the highest barrier to entry into a neighboring country or yes. um, a different location. So that's something that would be exceptional to explore, definitely for our viewers at home, um, to who are starting to think, well, is South Africa um, my only market for the, my products or the service that I actually yeah. offer? And that touches upon scale as well, doesn't mm. it? So if we have an angel investment, or an investment, should I say, in Ghana, and um, you know somebody's thinking about, okay, well, it's not really, the company's not growing at the pace that I need it to. Mm. Maybe it is because you need to look into other markets. You know? So I think that that's a really interesting opportunity to explore. Absolutely. So I would, just as a final question to this really fascinating entry into new markets, but also doing it through funding and financing for our SMEs mm -hmm. at home, I'd really like to explore with perhaps the both of you. Um, how do we um, create criteria that creates just further accessibility to this um, market of funding? Because, you know, we all have different definitions. It's all sort of pie in the sky at the moment. But if we had to look at three pointers that are our fixed criteria that make this a successful funding model, what would that be for the both of you? The first one for me would be fit. Okay. Fit between uh, the expectations, the, the, the few critical expectations that a SME entrepreneur has, mm -hmm. and is that aligned to the particular uh, few things that the mm. investor is looking for? Mm -hmm. yeah. So, for example, the investor may have a bigger appetite for risk, but he wants to, he likes the sexiness of that business. So that may be a gain for him. And if your business offers him that offers tech, that. so the one is is fit. Maybe you can say the second one. Yeah, I mean, I think that there definitely needs to be a willingness um, for change um, for an entrepreneur's perspective. I think that a lot of the times we expect to, to take money from investors and just carry on with business as usual. Mm. It's going to be a change. We're going to expect um, that you're going to follow um, you know, the right things in terms of corporate governance. So, for yes. example, when we invest, our angels are going to take a seat on the board. We expect that you constitute a board. These types of changes post-investment can sometimes be a little bit challenging for entrepreneurs. Mm. So I think that you need to be prepared for for that um, before you even start looking for for outside investment so almost the corporatization now of your business exactly you know? doing things the right way mm, and mm, meeting mm. expectations on the investor okay. side as well so whether that be milestones or whether it be the way that the organization is structured mm. um, you have to be open to have those conversations all right so we're going to leave out our third one so that we have enough time for Kamara's tip of the week but Letitia Thank you so much for that great perspective and insight into um, practices as well as models that are currently on the go in the rest of the African continent. It'll be great to continue this conversation, but also to continue the train of thoughts for our viewers at home in terms of how now they can also access this particular opportunity. Kumaran, your tip of the week. Yeah. For the audience that is uh, wondering where does uh, angel investing fit in to the whole uh, system, ecosystem of funding, it is very appropriate for someone that is thinking about starting up a business, so at the idea stage or at the very early stage of startup. Angel investing is the, I would say, 80% of your effort needs to go into angel investing. And what mm. happens in reality? 
opposite. Because <laughs> if you had yeah. pre-startup or just started up, early startup, you want to go to the traditional formalized funders. The business is not yet mature enough to go to those to yeah. banks yeah. or traditional yeah. funders, mm. right? And because this is not formalized, they're ignored. So spend 80% of your time, energy, effort into uh, angel investing. And this is whether it's the formal dating service uh-huh. or it's the informal uh, you know, dating meeting, whichever way to find the angel investing. 80% of your time goes in that if you're in that stage of business. That's well, I love it. that tip, Kumar. Yeah. And it's also, it's shared risk, right? Shared risk and hopefully shared return. Thank you again for joining us for another episode of SME Funding. And we certainly hope that what we shared today is principles and practices that you can immediately begin to use as you think about your journey in funding your aspirations and your businesses at home. You are welcome to contact us and ask your questions via social media. We are on Twitter at funding underscore SME, but we're also available on email and you can send those to SME funding at businessdaytv.co.za. And we certainly hope that you'll keep tuned in and you'll continue to share in your journey as you seek funding. But more importantly, give us insight into what we could be talking about and helping each other with when it comes to this often complicated world. Until next time, from all of us, goodbye.